We are live. I am doing great, having a great day, feeling very blessed and grateful. How are you today? I am as well. I was out doing wind sprints this morning for uh, 75 hard. At the tail end of it, though, I did a, a walk to cool down. And then I plugged in your gratitude exercise while I was walking, while the sun was Ooh. rising on like over a hill in San Francisco. Ooh. And I was like, it is just such a great day to be alive. So thank you for- I feel uh, the same way, man. It is a yeah, great day Thanks for holding alive. me accountable on gratitude because it just, it just steers the whole course of the day in a different direction. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to talk about something today that I think is really important for people to understand why they're doing it, because they may not even be aware that they're doing it, and that is self-sabotage. So why don't you explain a little bit about what self-sabotage is, why people are doing it, and why they don't even realize they're doing it in the first place? So self-sabotage, as people are climbing the ladder of success, as they're progressing towards their goals as they get closer to these things, there often time comes a point where after you have a little bit of success that you start to experience a pullback or a plateau. And as Josh alluded to, it's not something that you are necessarily aware of that you're doing. You're not waking up in the morning and saying, I am sabotaging myself. I am going to make an effort to not get towards my goals today. But what it is, is there's something in your subconscious that you're unaware of that is influencing your decisions and actions and causing you to act in a way or not act in a way that continues to move you on the path towards your goals, towards what you view as success in your life. And so it usually happens at a point in which you start having a little bit of success, once you have a little bit of emotion, a little bit of momentum, because that's the point in time when the subconscious starts to identify that you're leaving your comfort zone, when you're getting out of what used to be normal for you. And the reality is the mind loves to keep things the same. If you take it back 10,000 years from an evolutionary standpoint, when things don't change, it's for the better. There's less of a chance that you're going to die if things don't change. And so we're programmed to fight change. And with that in mind, that can be a driving factor into what is causing this, this concept of self-sabotage. We're going to dive into more of the specifics of this fighting change, what that actually looks like and more practically what that means is going on in your mind. But I'll pause there as, a, as an intro to self-sabotage. That was such a good way to explain it because just going to jump into a story real quick, but that is exactly how I've noticed in my own life when I look back at the periods of time when I've self-sabotaged the most. It's when I was leaving my comfort zone and my mind was trying to bring me back into my comfort zone. And I think there were a couple reasons for that. You know, we talk a lot about identity on this show. And I believe that when I started moving towards this new identity, it was definitely out of my comfort zone to achieve this new identity. And I kept being pulled back into my old identity. I kept being pulled back 
And do, do you have some examples of like what being pulled back meant? Like what did that actually, like, like a tactical level, what did that mean for you? Yeah, absolutely. I could give you a few different examples. One of them being when I tried to lose weight and I tried to get healthy and get in shape, I needed to assume the identity of somebody who was in shape, somebody who worked out, somebody who ate healthy, somebody who wasn't a hundred pounds overweight. But my whole life, my identity was somebody that was a hundred pounds overweight. So every time I lost 20 pounds or 30 pounds, you know, I was the fat guy. Like that was literally my identity. And I would lose 20 or 30 pounds and people would start telling me, oh, you look like you lost some weight. And immediately, subconsciously, I would start eating again. I would get off my diet. I would go back into it. And then sure enough, I'd be 40 pounds heavier and I'd be 10 pounds heavier than I was before I even started. And that was my old identity pulling me back because I was not fully stepping into that new identity of the person that I needed to be. That was really interesting. You brought that up. I think one thing to build on that, I'm going back to our childhood there was also a sense of like, maybe I'll call it pride. There was a positive relationship to you being the big guy. It like added 100%. to your charisma and it was just like part of your style and personality at the time. And it played. It was interesting. People like, used to, yeah. People used to tell me you wouldn't be you if you weren't big. Like that was a thing. 100%. So talk about that. Just like ironing into that is what your personality is. That is what your identity was. I'm sure that was a hard thing for you to escape, especially because that was one where you were getting positive reinforcement, even though deep down you knew that that isn't a good homeostasis for you. That's not a good place to be living a hundred pounds overweight. And that voice became louder than everybody else's voice. That voice telling me this is unhealthy, you need to make a change became way louder than the other voice in my head that was I'm the fat guy. I'm, this is my identity. So identity is a really powerful thing. The way that you view yourself determines all of the actions that you take subconsciously or consciously. So if I'm viewing myself still as the fat guy while I'm trying to lose weight, eventually I'm going to be brought back to being the fat guy. Even if I lost a hundred pounds, but I still viewed myself as the fat guy. It's something to this day that I still struggle with, to be a hundred percent honest with you. I still think of myself sometimes as the fat guy because I spent my whole freaking life being that. And it takes effort on my part to assume my new identity as an athlete, as somebody who is fit, as somebody who works out every day, as somebody who eats healthy every day. It still takes work on my part even three years later because of Imagine you have your identity for 27 years and then all of a sudden you're trying to change your identity. Like it can happen overnight in the sense of what you want your new identity to be, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to work to actually assume that identity every single day. So that was one of the biggest examples. And I think another big reason is just people start self-sabotaging when they get out of their comfort zone and start moving towards their goals because of the fear of not failure. We talked about this a little bit earlier, maybe fear of failure, but what I think is at least even more prevalent for me and some of the people I've spoken with is a fear of being judged for that failure, which goes back to just caring about what other people think about you, which I did for way too long in my life. And I maybe started self-sabotaging when I started moving towards different goals in my life, whether it be physically, health-wise, whether it be financially with starting new businesses and putting myself out there on social media and doing things that are out of my comfort zone. 
Part of me had a fear of being judged for, oh, what if I fail? I'm going to look like an idiot after putting all these videos out and, you know, announcing all these plans and I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm gonna, and I'm going to have this fear of being judged when in reality, nobody cares what I'm doing. And if they do, <laughs> I shouldn't care about them. So I think those are the two biggest things in my own life that have caused me to start self-sabotaging. And I'm sure that other people relate to this. That was absolutely phenomenal. One, thank you for being vulnerable publicly about these types of things. It's not easy to talk about grappling with your own self-image, rebuilding the self-image, losing weight, and those internal struggles. And so thank you for sharing that. That resonates with me a lot. I've got my own like version of that in terms of like what my identity was. And we can jump into that. But before we do, I want to mention the the notion of having a fear of judgment it's something that i absolutely suffered from and like still you don't ever stop suffering from these things they're going to follow you it's a marathon it's a daily cultivation of making the other voices louder the voices of action the voices of the new identity louder than the one of the fear of judgment but I think there are often times that you don't even know that the fear of judgment is a voice that's talking to you. It comes up in the form of feeling in people's bodies. You go to step into doing something and you're not necessarily consciously saying, I'm going to get judged. I don't want to do this. You don't have that level of awareness yet that it's that voice that's talking to you. You just have an aversion to doing that type of thing. I don't want to put myself on social media because I'm just not that kind of person. I, that doesn't vibe with me. It doesn't feel a certain type of way, even though you may recognize that it connects to the goal that you want. Like it's an opportunity for you to improve your personal brand. It's an opportunity for you to reach more people. It's an opportunity for you to augment whatever impact you're trying to have. But instead you're hearing that it's, it's just not something for you. You don't like the self-aggrandizing. I'm not sure I'm using that word right. But <laughs> the, the notion of putting yourself on a pedestal, whatever story you want to create about using social media. And I think you have to be careful. You start hearing those things and you need to have a moment of self-reflection and awareness to say, are those actually my values talking? Or is this the fear of judgment being crafty? and showing up in a way that's pushing me towards actions that don't actually serve my bigger goals? Or do I have a, a feeling and emotion that says, stop, don't do this, that I'm just listening to blindly, that is really that fear of judgment. And so I think you have spent years being able to cultivate the self-awareness to recognize what the fear of judgment is, identify it, and then once you've identified it, now it's a lot easier for you to go to battle with that voice and build louder voices and build a stronger identity that can handle it. Whereas if you don't even know what you're hearing and you haven't took the time to self-reflect on what that actually is, it's hard to know that's your enemy in the first place. And so before you even get to dealing with the fear of judgment, it's important to recognize that you have it in the first place. And I think you can see this. The one other thing that I wanted to touch on on top of fear of judgment and fear of failure is the fear of success. That is something I think, especially as you're climbing the ladder of success. So this is for people who have made the jump into doing what they want to do and they're seeing momentum. 
and all of a sudden they're experiencing emotions that are leading them to a pullback. Maybe they're not posting as often on Instagram or reaching out to people as frequently as they used to. Why is that happening? I think another thing to be aware of is do you have connections or assumptions or beliefs that as you become more successful, people will start to treat you differently? You may not have the same sense of community with the tribe you once identified with because you're becoming more successful. And so I just wanted to add that to the repertoire, fear of judgment, fear of failure, but also fear of success. You need to do self-reflection on if this is something, a belief that you hold, a fear that you have that you may not be aware of. I 100% I agree with that. And I think a lot of that too, like as far as success goes, at least in my own case, it came back to identity. I started pulling back when I started seeing some success because I still did not see myself as that person who was capable of achieving this success. And that's part of my identity. And I had to realize that I am that person capable of achieving that success to stop self-sabotaging in the first place. But you're 100% right. I did not realize it until much later. After much reflection, much learning, and gaining a lot more wisdom from listening to people much smarter than myself. I think we touched on all this a little bit, but I'll do, we'll call it a breakdown by Brad. I guess I want to more succinctly for us to identify what are the factors that are causing self-sabotage here. So pull up from what we've just been talking about, because I think you can put it into a couple of different buckets. And so the first one, I'm taking this quote from Tony Robbins, but The strongest force in the human personality is the need to remain consistent with how we define ourselves. So that is, once you've built an identity for yourself, your mind at its, at the core parts of it, at the basics, is going to strive to continue to keep that personality, to keep that identity in place. And so just know that part of that, like foundationally self-sabotage is just a function of your own inborn psychology of that you want to keep your identity the same over time. So bring awareness to that, that building a new identity is going to be a struggle because your brain does not want to do it. It wants to stay consistent with the personality, with the identity that you've built to date. So that's piece one to be aware of. Piece two, the fears that we talked about. I think we broke these down well, but just as a quick recap, you've got the fear of failure. If I do this, am I going to fail? Your brain wants to protect you from that so much because Failure, again, failure 10,000 years ago meant that you might get eaten by a lion. Today, (laughs) failure looks a lot different. And so we just need to get the hell over it. Fear of success. Ultimately, I think that this is rooted in you being ousted from the tribe. Once you're successful, you have now, like you're in a different position than the people you used to be in a tribe with. And so the notion of not being connected with people, losing your connection with people is something that the brain also fights. So you're going to have this fear of success. It's also a fear of change. Success means change because you've moved from one place to another. So you're naturally going to be fighting this change. So you need to be aware of the fear of success and then the fear of judgment. And that one goes back to that same concept of the people in your tribe are not going to view you in a certain way. You don't have the collective community that is, again, just an inborn part of being human and that your brain craves. You need to be part of the tribe because again, 10,000 years ago, that was good for survival, but for today's purposes, who the hell cares? Like who cares what other people think? It doesn't actually mean anything. And then the final thing we hadn't touched on yet, but I think is people 
grow from childhood through adulthood, you can build associations with certain things that actually have no meaning to them other than the fact that you've built these associations in your own brain. And so a good example is if you grow up in a household where they're the perspective held by your parents is that people who really want money are greedy. You're going to grow up with a connection that getting money makes you greedy. Or if you grow up in a household where you had a lot of money, but your parents did not like each other and money was actually a problem between them or there was a divorce and they were fighting over money, you actually might view money as something that causes pain in your life. It causes friction between ones that you love. And so now all of a sudden, and I'm just using money as an example because it's an easy one to relate to. But now money in that situation is something that you attach to pain and to ruining people's lives. And so you need to be careful with what you are associating, whatever you define success as. You need to make sure that you are not, without realizing it, have some sort of connection to that success that is a negative one that would also subconsciously steer your actions in a way that you are not actually trying to get that thing. And so I think those three buckets, when you're trying to bring to self-awareness what might be causing your self-sabotage, are good different frameworks for you to work within. And so just as a quick recap, because I love to recap, is it your, your personality, your identity, and the change within those that's keeping you from doing what you want to do and self-sabotaging you? Is it your fears or is it negative associations with the things that you consider to be success for yourself. And so I think these breakdowns by Brad are my favorite thing about this podcast. So far, I swear <laughs> to God, this is awesome. Seriously, dude, I just, that was awesome. I just learned a lot from you right now. That was really well, cool. Well, I appreciate that. These things get a lot easier when you start to put them in buckets, because that's also just how the mind works is like, once you build a framework for something, it's like a shortcut for how to think about it. So that when we're combating these things on a daily basis we don't need to rebuild the wheel on how it is that we're battling it we can just skip to the framework skip to the awareness and then start to make strides to work against it so i i think simplifying things is an important first step to awareness and then also giving yourself the tools to build defense against the natural condition of the mind, which is one that's going to try and keep you where you are. Man, that was amazing. <laughs> that was really good. I think that number one, you know, they say smart people learn from their own mistakes and their own lessons. And they say wise people learn from other people's mistakes and lessons. And <laughs> I am considering myself wise right now because I've learned a lot from you right there. But anybody listening, that is gold. Everything that Brad just <laughs> said is absolute gold. So be wise and learn from him before making the mistakes yourself and learning from yourself. I'm sure you've already done that. But yeah, man, I don't know what else there is to say about that. I think that was amazing. If you want to add anything else before we go into the exercise go for it. Otherwise, let's jump into the audience exercise. Let's jump into the exercise. I think there was a piece on reconditioning. I'll touch on it for 10 seconds. But once you bring awareness to what's causing you to self-sabotage, the important next step is to make a focused effort to recondition yourself, whether that's building the new identity, that's a form of reconditioning, crushing your fears, form of reconditioning, or new mental connections to 
the negative associations you once had. I think we can spend time on a further episode about diving into those because I think they deserve a lot of time to dive in on them. But the first and most important step is bring awareness to what the problem is. And then you can start figuring out your own best path to solve them. And in a future episode, we'll get into the actual like nitty gritty of what reconditioning looks like, because I think it can apply to a lot more than just fixing self-sabotage. And so jumping into the audience exercise, first thing we should- Yeah, the first yeah, the first one is bring awareness to one personality trait, fear, or negative belief that is holding you back. Write that down. The next thing is write down how it is holding you back. What actions is it causing you to take that are now holding you back in your life? What is the self-sabotage that's occurring here? Bring awareness to that. Now, write down a new why that would support a new personality. Why do I want to be successful? And how does that inform and support a new personality or identity that I'm trying to build? A new belief or a new mental connection that you can use to remove this blocker from your life. Like how, instead of thinking money is about greed, money is about empowering myself to go serve others. Figure out a new connection to make to the thing that's holding you back. And then finally, and this is the most important thing to do is, Write down how your life will look after you make this change. First, what actions are you going to take that are different? And then two, and even more importantly, how are you going to feel once you take those actions? What is the feeling of being this new person? What is the feeling of somebody who has the right mental connections and are taking those actions? And uh, yeah, that's all we got for you this week. Woo, man, that was amazing. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Go do the audience exercise and we really appreciate you. Leave a comment, subscribe, share with somebody, follow us. We appreciate you very much and we will see you in the next one. Thank you. All right.